What is up, everybody? I am Two Tone the Artist. And I am Mitch the Beach. And we are your lovely co hosts of the Hills Are Silent podcast, where we like to chop, 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 chop it up about the games of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's been a good week. The holidays are coming up. I'm still super psyched about hanging out with Mitch in person in our hometown Damn. and playing some GameCube games uh, mm-hmm. for some good old nostalgia's sake. Mentioned this before on a previous episode, but we'll be meeting up for the holidays at Mitch's dad's house, and we will be playing video games in his dad's basement, just like we did way back when we were wee lads. All right, man, we've got some good stuff to cover this episode, a lot of interesting stuff in the news, but before I dive into that, I wanted to talk about what I've been playing recently. Mitch, just to double check, you don't have anything you're ready to talk about this episode? No, I'm in between like three or four games that I'm playing, and I just can't decide which one to fully commit to and complete. So yeah, take it away. Got it. All right. So for me, this is a more, well, I guess casual is not the right term to use. More of a a short game because it definitely was a difficult game. But that is Metal Slug 3. For those who don't know, the Metal Slug series is a long-running series of games that started out on the arcades and uh, they are developed and published by SNK they were also on old Neo Geo hardware and then they've been ported to pretty much every console imaginable so even though they're old arcade games you can find these everywhere man Switch, Playstation all the Playstations, all the Xboxes like even going back to like PS2 and OG Xbox you can get these games I personally played this game on my amazing PlayStation Vita. It is a great handheld game. Really, any arcade game is a great handheld game because it's just that quick jumping right into the action. Anyway, that's what I needed. I needed something to play on the go, and Metal Slug 3 was what I dove into on my Vita. So as I mentioned before, this is an arcade game. It's actually a cooperative arcade game, but I was just playing the campaign in solo. And dude, these games are brutal. A lot of old arcade games were designed to just steal your quarters. And this is definitely like the definition of that. This game only takes about an hour to beat, but it is nonstop action, just never lets up, and I must have died like a thousand times in that hour. I could not imagine playing this back in the year 2000 in the arcades. Like I would have had to have spent like 200 bucks, no lie, to finish this game in the arcade. Especially some of the Jeez. boss fights. It's just like death, 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 death. It's crazy, 200 man. bucks for a one-hour experience. Uh, it's <laughs> seems pretty worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good game, don't get me wrong, but it is yeah. designed to kill you every single step of the way. So Metal Slug is a side-scrolling run-and-gun shooter, and it's tons of fun. It has this really, really nice art style. Everything is very cartoony and kind of wiggly, and just a lot of effort went into the animation. So you're essentially a soldier, and you're just sent into the battlefield to just wipe out the enemy and rescue all the prisoners of war you can. And when you do rescue a prisoner of war, they typically give you a power-up, like a different gun or something. 
So it has all the the tropes of just classic run and gun games. I mean, to me, this is like the de facto run and gun game. When somebody says that, I think of Metal Slug or Gunstar Heroes, which is an amazing game on the Sega Genesis that someday I need to go back and play through again. But anyway, this game gets weird fast. It starts out with you just killing soldiers and then quickly there's like zombies and aliens and all kinds of real creepy body horror. And it just comes out of nowhere with like no explanation. Like you're fighting guys, next thing you know, they're zombies. Next thing you know, every you and the bad guys are getting sucked up into an alien spaceship and then there's these weird creatures or there's so much variation in just this one hour and it's kind of overwhelming. And it's just, I don't know, the creative artistic minds of the people that design this, man, it is far out. I don't really know how many people worked on this game. I would really like to know that if it's just like a handful of people or if it was a massive team. But if it was just a handful of people, that's even more impressive. But yeah, it's incredible for its art and animation. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend it. You can get it everywhere. Like I mentioned, just expect it to be brutally difficult. And it's probably way better in co-op. But I did beat it by myself. So Mitch, have you played any of the Metal Slug games? No, actually. But uh, during our episode where we were checking my Steam wishlist and your Steam wishlist, Metal Slug Tactics is a game that is was teased, I think at this point, like multiple years ago. And I still, I just looked at my wish list again just to see if there's a release date, and there's still not a release date. You know how much I like tactics games, uh, and I really like the art style of Metal Slug. I'm very familiar with it, and so it seemed like a really good fit for me to play it. But uh, yeah, looking at the Steam wish list on here, it's still just showing a coming soon, which uh, <laughs> it's pretty vague. It's, uh, Who knows if that'll yeah. ever actually get released? Yeah, actually, it says to be announced, so not even a coming soon. <laughs> it's interesting they're taking it in a into the tactics genre since it's just known for, to be a run and gun game as far as I right. know it's always just been running game, run and gun games I don't know of any other like spin off into any other genres yeah that's my understanding too yeah but yeah cool game to pick up and play and then just knock out in basically one sitting you've really gotten you know your money's worth with that Vita you have you have putting the time in with uh, with beating a lot of games on that Vita, and it's gotten you you know out of the country too, and and back, and you know I I always say it, I need to give you one because it just seems like you 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 know there's a lot of uh, games at your disposal with that. Yeah, really. I mean, the beauty of it is it's so small. The Switch, yes, it's portable, but it's it's bigger. It's, you can't just fit it in your pocket. The Vita, man, I can just slip that thing in my pocket and anywhere I go. If I'm just sitting there, I'm like, all right, man, I've been sitting here for a couple of minutes, kind of bored. Just slip it out and immediately jump into a game. And since I got my modded, I got tons of old arcade games on it. Uh, game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, original Nintendo, Turbo Graphics, PlayStation 1 games, and then just everything that was actually released for the Vita, not just emulation of other consoles mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, just in this one little handheld and one little memory card, I got like thousands of games on it. So it's perfect to just have on the go and then just yeah. jump into something when I'm sitting waiting in line at the DMV or wherever I may be on vacation on the plane. It's just, I mean, I know there's so much mobile gaming on cell phones now, which 
really will scratch that itch if you just need to play a game somewhere, but there's nothing like having a dedicated handheld game with like dual joysticks and just full controller. Mm -hmm. It's just great, man. Just Absolutely. Have, just have to make sure I never drop it or break it or anything. <laughs> yeah, they need like one of those like like a rubber, uh, I don't know, like case for it or like protector around it so that if you drop it, it's, you know, it's protected. Yeah. All right, well, that's what I had on what I've been playing lately. I've been super busy, so sometimes I just got to get a quick gaming fix. Yeah. You brought up something in the news that I am totally out of the loop of. Believe it or not, I never played Fortnite a day in my life. I think I've watched some people play it maybe once or twice, so this was not even on my radar. Uh, what's going on in this this foreign world of Fortnite? Aside from them partnering with probably every property known to man, they recently just brought Family Guy into Fortnite, so you can play as Peter from <laughs> in Fortnite, which is kind of wild. You can play as John Wick. You can oh, that's cool. play as Deadpool. You can play. There's so many properties and that they have partnered with to get into Fortnite. But aside from that and how cool that is, I actually dove in last season because they brought back the, the, they call it OG Fortnite, the very first map uh, when they first launched the game. And I dove back in and bought me uh, a skin as well because there was an, they partnered with an anime that I really like, uh, My Hero Academia. So I, I ended up purchasing one of the characters off there. So <laughs> I couldn't get away from it. But... Um, so what they when introduced... was the first time you played Fortnite? Like uh, I played Fortnite at launch, like basically like right when they announced the Battle Royale. And even when it originally wasn't a Battle Royale, it was called Fortnite Saves the World. And it was more a, I think, tower defense type deal. Um, but yeah, then they turned it into they made them, you know, the full game. They kind of abandoned the Saves the World portion and just made it Fortnite Battle Royale. And I, I started very early on in in, in its uh, its life cycle. But, uh, yeah, since then, it's come a very, very, very long way. And now they're kind of diving into something that I think is very interesting and, you know, kind of kind of clever on their part. They're, they're keeping the Fortnite name, but they're adding a few games within the game. So this is like Game Inception, almost, is where you can boot up Fortnite... But you can play multiple games that really emulate or they really are similar to to games that uh, that we've played through either throughout our childhood or uh, stuff that I'm very passionate about still to this day. So the first one is called Rocket Racing and Rocket Racing, as if people don't know, they acquired the developer of Rocket League. So they can use the assets from Rocket League and put them into Fortnite. They've already put some of like just the cars in Fortnite that you can like actually drive around and use within the Battle Royale game, which was kind of cool during one season. But this time they've actually booted up an entire game, which is just called Rocket Racing. And it looks just like, you know, the, the logo looks just like Rocket League, but they're calling it Rocket Racing, where it's really just a fast paced um intense <laughs> intense racing competition where it looks like it's just a you know just a, a simple they give you some tracks and you're you're racing against other people you have you know you have ways you can trigger boost 
you can avoid obstacles and then you can kind of collide with other cars and wreck them as well. So I have actually not played this yet. I'm going to give it a try at some point, but as it stands right now to download Fortnite, it has gotten pretty beefy. <laughs> I was just about to ask you that. I was just about to be like, is Fortnite some insane thing like Call of Duty where it's 150 gigabyte download because there's so much to it? I think at this point it probably is. I feel like it was a pretty beefy game before they even added any of this. So I'm going to guess, uh, I will report back, but I'm going to guess it's definitely above 100 gigs. So, and that's precious space on my hard drive. I've got a Series X, which doesn't really give you the freedom to uh, put your own uh, external hard drive uh, to attach to it. You have to actually use the hard, like maybe there's, I think there's only two in existence right now that are compatible with the Series X or S. So the hard drive space for me, you know, I, that's that's prime real estate. I can't just be letting anything on there. Um, so yeah, the, the Rocket Racing I have not played. I have watched some streamers play it, and it seems like it's you know a a good try for for them tr looking to do something different. But I'm not sure this is going to stick as far as uh, I, and I'm not sure if this is going to be a permanent thing or this is only going to be a season five thing. Is it really? It really seems like they they're doing all of this as maybe a test run, and then maybe they'll keep some stuff around if it sticks. Uh, but interesting to note. So Rocket Racing is the first one that is their, I guess, their competition of a racer. Their next one is called Fortnite Festival. And Mike and I have talked many times about uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band. And this is a basically clone of that. And again, I like at least... Fortnite is using the assets that they acquired. They acquired Harmonix, if people don't know. Harmonix are the people that developed rock bands. So they've kind of used those assets and they've kind of they've created what uh, I guess a, a music rhythm game and they've uh, partnered with some some popular artists. Uh, they kind of debuted it with Eminem. Uh, doing Lose Yourself with it and uh, I see The Weeknd is on it as well. And reading the reviews, though, also I've not played this, but I, I'm going to dive in and play all these games uh, eventually because I'm just curious as to as to how they how they run. But uh, according to uh, IGN, who is a pretty you know reputable source, I don't always take what they say to heart, but uh, you know reputable nonetheless. Uh, basically, they put it plainly: Fortnite Festival is not Rock Band Five. <laughs> So, I mean, it does seem like they're kind of tailoring toward more of the uh, more hip hop than I guess like the the cool you know throwback rock or um, it seems like they're kind of trying to take a different direction with it as far as like doing the beat to lose yourself more than you know doing the beat to a <laughs> to an ACDC song or something like that. But I believe from my understanding is you can actually use your peripherals that are compatible with um, like this type of uh, this type of rhythm game. I thought I saw somebody I'll need to go back and look at it as well. Don't want to don't want to be wrong, but I thought I saw someone streaming is actually using one of like the, the rock band or guitar hero guitars and doing this game. So I think it'd be interesting to see if that's actually something that can happen. 
because that would be a really good use, like a really good 2023 game use of those old peripherals. Because I yeah. want to say people were also like, maybe like, oh, are they going to bring some new peripherals into into the gaming world? Which no, they won't. I don't. I feel like those have kind of sailed ship, and uh, I don't. I don't see people or companies investing in making new uh, musical equipment for these games. What do you think? Yeah. So just a quick search. I do see a YouTube video of somebody playing it with a PS3 guitar, but it's this whole setup process where they're using like an Arduino microcomputer, oh. and it's not just like a plug and play thing. Like they had to pretty much hack it in to be able to use the guitar on it. However, I did find an article that says, although instrument support is not yet available in Fortnite Festival, Epic Games has prioritized its implementation in 2024. So, yeah, it's just kind of weird because it does look exactly like Guitar Hero. And even though you said it's it's mainly geared towards hip-hop, at least so far, at least it sounds that way, the trailer is just showing guitars, keyboards, drums. They're really emphasizing the guitar. So it is kind of odd that they released a rhythm game with no peripheral because you, I mean, technically you can play Guitar Hero and Rock Band with a regular controller, but to me that kind of like completely defeats the purpose. <laughs> like it's, most of the immersion is you playing, playing like a fake guitar or keyboard or drum set. So they usually have some grand event when they transition from one chapter to another chapter of their game. And so they they basically, before they announced that this is going to be a, a staple within Fortnite, they did a, I guess, a Fortnite party or whatever, or festival, and they had Eminem perform at this festival. And they've done it multiple times with other artists. They've done it with... Uh, uh, who else have they done it with? Names are escaping me. Did they do it with um, Travis Scott? They did it with Travis Scott, and they did it with Marshmallow, the uh, the DJ. So yeah, they've done it a, a couple times, and they did it most recently with Eminem. But during that performance is when they debuted this rock band style, you know, thing, and people didn't know like, oh, is this just like a gimmick for this like party, or is this like a, a thing? And it turned out to be a thing. But people weren't expecting it, so nobody's got you know nobody's got the guitar hooked up trying to do stuff. It's just people using it on their on their keyboards or their or their controllers, which I agree is not really the way I want to play these games. So I'm glad that they are at least trying to implement some sort of support. Yeah, I think it'd be nice if you could access some of these new games outside of Fortnite. Like let's say I just wanted to download Rocket Racing or I just wanted to download uh Fortnite Festival or something. I wonder if, if there's a way you can do that. So I don't have to download 150 gigs just to check out Fortnite Festival. Right. Yeah. I feel like that I agree. I feel like they should really split it out at some point. So yeah, we'll see. Uh moving on though, the the third one that is out currently actually, I guess, is kind of a home run for them. So they partnered with Lego, which I mean, when you partner with Lego with anything, it's probably going to work because people love 
Lego. If you are a child or if you are an adult, you love Lego. <laughs> um, I have friends still to this day that's like find like you know newer Lego kits and still put those things together. Like uh, they've got the Infinity Gauntlet from from Avengers that they they put together recently. Some of my friends, so yeah, it, it appeals to the masses, but. Lego Fortnite is kind of, from my understanding, a Minecraft competitor, which makes a ton of sense, like with with using Lego. It's very similar to, you know, what you do in Minecraft of assembling things. But from everything that I've seen with that, it's people are having a lot of fun with it, building up like massive bases and really and, and you know, and even like doing like a Rust style thing of like building a base and then going to somebody else's base and just completely destroying everything that they they put together so uh, from all from i mean from everything that i've seen that this is the one that i i think will probably stick longer than than the other ones but i mean also like man epic games has a lot of money don't they like they could partner with all these people like i feel like them having like being able to partner with lego and use lego assets for all this that can't be cheap right like <laughs> yeah although i think that's a mutual relationship because fortnite yeah. is massive that's, that's a good literally point lego tapping into tens of million if not hundreds of millions of kids yeah, I guess that's a good point because Lego's no stranger to partnering with stuff anyway. Like they they always have a uh, a portion of some of those Forza Horizon games. There's usually DLC for Lego in that. That's pretty fun. Um, yeah, because think about it. You're a kid who plays Fortnite. You play this Lego mode, then you go to Walmart, and then you walk by the Lego section. You go, "Oh, Lego! I know that." And then all of a sudden, you want to buy that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm reading more and more about this, and yeah, it it definitely makes me feel. While it does, it is more of a I probably a competitor to Minecraft. It's it's also very much like those I guess survival games like The Forest or Rust or you know stuff like that. So there's very much uh, a lot of those elements within this, like of fighting and cooking to starve off hunger, avoiding temperatures that get too hot or too cold, uh, making survival tools like axes and pickaxes and then defending yourself against monsters while you're also trying to build yourself up and and create these massive uh these these massive homes or structures to to keep you going yeah yeah i bet i bet this mode's pretty fun yeah it reading more and more this this is pretty intriguing to me because i'm a big fan of rust and rust is very much that similar thing is where you you know you you jump into a world that's populated with a bunch of people or, or a server of some sort and you know you start from the bottom as a naked man and then you build your way up to having you know a huge concrete castle that's while well, you're buffed up with ak-47s and <laughs> trying to defend your defend your home so yeah i could definitely see myself into this and i, I mean just prop i mean Props to Epic Games for taking some swings and some different stuff. I really always wondered what they were doing with some of the properties they acquired, like Harmonix. And a lot of people thought the same thing. Like, I understand that they did these, like, musical festival things, but um, I don't know if, like, it didn't really have a, any sort of Harmonix, like, spin on it. I think those people did work on these 
festivals, but those those transitional festivals from seasons only happened like once a quarter, if that. So it wasn't even like it's not something that happens very often. Sometimes they don't happen like once every half a year. So it's cool that they're actually taking a spin, a swing, and putting a concrete game together using you know assets from harmonics and some of the old harmonics people that work there. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, really, all these add-ons sound pretty awesome. The rocket racing one, the trailer for that looked really cool because you're racing, but you're flying around and driving on the walls and switching and driving on the ceiling. That's pretty neat. I've seen that in other games like Grip, but it's just cool to to have like a full... You can go wherever with your car. You're not just bound by the laws of gravity. But yeah, they're really branching out. All this stuff looks really fun. The Fortnite Festival, the the trailer was... There was not a lot to it and not a lot of showing the actual gameplay. That one I'm more curious to see how fleshed out that is because the LEGO Fortnite and the Rocket Racing look like, like they're pretty full-featured games. So I'd be interested to see about the Fortnite Festival as far as them acquiring harmonics. Harmonics has been in the rhythm game game for decades. Yeah. I mean, I think their first game was maybe the year 2000 or 2001. And all these games, with software, even if you go across different uh, generations of consoles, it's all the same core technology. So harmonics, they have that core technology that they've probably been refining and building upon and iterating upon mm -hmm. since the year 2000. So if anybody's going to do any type of musical game, they're the ones that have the most mature technology to make that happen. And you're right. It was like, what was the motivation for Epic to acquire harmonics unless they were going to utilize it? Right. So I, I do want to go ahead. I do want to read uh, IGN's, I guess, like verdict. They gave it a four out of ten, uh, just the Fortnite festival portion. And they go, Fortnite Festival's limited, isolating gameplay and overpriced tracks may turn Fortnite players into rhythm game fans, but it won't turn rhythm game fans into Fortnite players. Hmm. You said it gave it a the 4 out of 10? Yeah, 4 out of 10. Dang. The overpriced tracks portion kind of makes me pause. Like, I'm wondering, like, if this is not, like, just a game like Rock Band where you go in and you have a list of songs... I'm really hoping it's not something that you have to purchase, you know, yeah. a lot of the songs that you want to actually, they may give you a couple that you can do for free, but uh, I really hope it's not like the, the Fortnite store where, you know, instead of buying like a, a cosmetic or a, uh, or a skin of uh, Peter Griffin, you're buying songs that you can play in the festival, which is, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that kind of model. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's going to be, it's going to be tough because it's basically like starting all over from scratch and trying to rebuild a rock band game or a guitar hero game. So with no peripheral <laughs> to, to really sell it, like it, it does seem like a hard sell. So let's see if they can, they can build it into something great like the older games were. I wonder if that's why they leaned into the the hip hop R and B 
portion of it because the rappers and the the R&B artists usually aren't holding any sort of peripheral. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the weakest link, which is unfortunate because given the right attention that that probably could have been a huge game within it. We'll see. I don't know. I haven't played yeah. it yet. Just I haven't either. Just to yeah. uh, quickly tie a bow on it, uh, there there are rumors that I that they may be doing a some sort of sports game mode in their uh, I guess their season five reveal trailer. It did show some NBA team logos in the in the trailer if you slowed it down. So people think that maybe they're gonna take a swing at some sports modes. Which honestly, for me, I want them to do this just for the sure fact that it makes developers of other sports games i guess do something different than just releasing the same game over and over again like they've been doing for how many years now and then you know basically all that they've added to it is just completely jam-packed it with microtransactions that while they're optional you know they really provide an unfair advantage in some of the games that i play hmm. all right man next up So, Hideo Kojima, a very, very famous game designer, is working on his next game called OD, which the trailer was revealed, what was it, like a week or two ago? Yeah, it was a week ago, and it was a very short, uh, non-revealing trailer. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just like some freaky video of the heads of the actors that are going to be in this game just shouting nonsense pretty much so it's very weird kojima has has a very unique style and he used to work for konami who are the rights holders and the publisher of the silent hill series and before he left the company he was working on Silent Hills, which was to be the next game in the Silent Hill series. Of course, he had a falling out with Konami. The project was scrapped. And then now we have Silent Hill projects that are being worked on by other development studios that are currently in the works. So, there's little information about this OD game, but it's got a creepy vibe based off this trailer. And... A lot of people have been noticing little nods to Silent Hill in this reveal, such as the fact that when Kojima came out to talk about this game, he came out of a doorway that looked very similar to the first doorway you see in the Silent Hills playable trailer that released back when that Silent Hills game was actually in production. And apparently Udo Kier, the actor that's going to be in this game, if you look closely at his mouth, the letters A-T-A-M-I are spelled out. Which A-T-A-M-I? Uh, it says a city in the Japanese prefecture... Essentially, it trans uh, loosely translates to Silent Hill. So this is suspected by some to be the source of the inspiration for the town in the original 1999 PlayStation horror title Silent Hill. 
And then someone else mentioned that there's a quick shot of an MRI scan of a brain in the OD trailer, which is similar to the brightness slider in the, uh, the, the menu settings of the playable trailer of Silent Hills. Wow. That's, that's pretty impressive for people to really pull that one out. <laughs> yeah. So it's always hard to say with, with Kojima because he does intentionally hide these Easter eggs. But there's also, and he's he's very crafty about it, but there also are people who, like with anything on the internet, look way deeper into it and find things that aren't actually there. So it's sure. hard to discern what is an actual Easter egg and what is just a stretch that someone's trying to, uh, trying to make a connection for. I think my... My overall thoughts on this is that I, I just hope that this game is a horror game. I, as much as I, I think Death Stranding is super cool, I've actually not played through it, but I've watched plenty of it to know what it is, and I will eventually get to it. I really want Kojima to take another swing at horror, because that's, you know, that's just, he's very good at it. It's in... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, and all signs are pointing to that being the case because he's partnering up, partnering up with uh, Jordan Peele to yes. work on this game. Who, even though Jordan Peele, he does a lot of genres, but lately he's been on a horror kick. So yeah. I have a feeling the two of them together, yes, are going to try to dive into something scary, which would be amazing because I like when he, Kojima does go horror, he does a, an amazing job at it. And Jordan Peele, man, he's on point with his own signature style of horror. So I think this could be a really strange and quirky game. And I'm all for this. Both those guys are all about experimentation and trying new yes. and different things. And we were talking about Fortnite and all those other games. I'm sure all those are fantastic and a lot of fun. But it, it seems like they're trying to... Just make the best of the current trends. Whereas Kojima is not afraid to take risks, risks, not afraid to just go out there and just, just some weird stuff. And that's what I love. Like I'm always, it's hard to be original. Very hard to be original as an artist. But when you are, you may not always hit the mark, but at least you're out there trying to find a different mark. And when you do hit it, Sometimes it can be something truly magical and incredible. And then next thing you know, everybody's trying to replicate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with all with all the games in the world and everything being released, it's nice when it's, it's nice and it's refreshing when something brand new that you could just tell somebody took a major swing and just has a ton of creativity. And if anybody can do it, it's Kojima. So, uh, yeah, I'm also really pumped for this. I know it probably won't come out for a while. Also think it's cool that he's partnering with Xbox on this one. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is going to be an Xbox exclusive game as well, which that's that's pretty new with Kojima. He's not one, been one to actually work with Xbox at all, like in, in the past, I know. So uh, Death Stranding is not on Xbox, so I, I, it'll be interesting to... Uh, with that little layer on as well, uh, we might be able to get a day one on Game Pass. <laughs> you read my mind. All right, man. Next up, it is the end of the year. 
which means, speaking of trends, all of these applications nowadays have this trend of doing like year in review or end of year wrapped review or whatever it is where whatever platform you're on, whether it be Spotify or Xbox in this case, goes through all your data that they've collected from you using it and tell you what you did. What was your favorite this? What, what did you spend the most time in? Uh, how do you rank up compared to other people? Which I'm loving these things. I love my Spotify wrapped. It's so cool. But at the same time, it's unnerving how every little thing we do on these platforms is being recorded and tracked. Um, anyway, before I dive into a whole rabbit hole about, uh, about how everything we do is, is constantly being monitored, um, it's not like an old man, but back in my day, when you were playing a PlayStation 2 in your room, the only person who knew you were playing that PlayStation 2 was you or maybe your buddy who was playing it with you. But nowadays, Microsoft, Sony, Spotify, YouTube, they know everything you do. Which, they have their own reasons for collecting that data. But it's also nice for our own personal histories to reflect on how we spent the year on these platforms. So Mitch, you got your year in re review for 2023 for your Xbox account. And you're ready to share this with everyone. And I have to say, these are some impressive, incredible stats. So let's dive in. Impressive, incredible, and a tad embarrassing at some points, just for the sure fact of how much time I put into video games in 2023. I will say, though, to defend myself just a tad, if I even need to defend myself, Xbox is my main platform. It is what I play majority of my single player experiences including those really long rpgs and japanese rpgs so with the preface of that uh yeah uh, let, let's let's dive into uh the couple of uh screen grabs we got here in my review so what part do we want to go through first mike so i guess to start my total amount of time on my xbox which, I mean, that could be also be me maybe watching TV on it, because I do watch all my stuff through that as well. But at 1,037 hours total of time on uh, in 2023, I'm really hoping that that also encompasses me watching live TV or TV shows or stuff like that, and not just uh, playing games. <laughs> Hold on, do we figure out what that is in days? We have not. Let's take that a is look. Forty over forty-three days. Forty-three non-stop days out of the year. So more than a twelfth of the year would you spend an Xbox. And I'm talking not talking about while you're awake, like literally twenty-four hour days. Forty-three. You spent jamming on your Xbox. Yep, again, hoping that that's maybe, because there's sometimes I leave it on during work and while I'm, you know, bouncing back and forth, maybe have a slow day and I'm like, oh, I'll get back on here in a little while and leave it on. I'm hoping that's uh, that factors into that equation because, uh, yeah, it is a lot of time. But, I mean, when the months get cold here in Chicago, sometimes there's nothing to do but cozy up and uh, get on the box and play some games, you know? Yeah, I do want to quickly go over 
the game breakdown. So it says you played a yeah. total of 67 games this year. Wow. That is that is quite quite a library of games to be playing. And then it has a nice little pie chart. 32% were sports games. That seems to be your most played genre. 31% were action and adventure. 25% were role-playing. Only 5% were shooters. And then 7% were other. I would have assumed that role-playing would have been first. And then action-adventure, because sometimes those games overlap. And then sports. So did you play that many different sports games? Or is it that you just spent the most time in specifically a few sports games? Yeah, I want to say I... I'm going to guess majority of my time was only on one sports game. My buddies and I, every year MLB The Show lately has ported over to Xbox and they put it on Game Pass day one every year. So my buddies and I sink a lot of time into MLB The Show. I am a huge baseball fan. My friends are huge baseball fans. They actually introduced a mode where you can do three versus three competitive on MLB The Show. So I get my competitive side out. I get to play baseball with my friends. It's pretty exciting. Like it's it's one of my my favorite uh, times of year when a new MLB The Show comes out. I probably played a little bit of NBA 2K during that time, but this year, as I've just complained about uh, talking about Fortnite and their potential sports uh, game, I did not buy I I did not buy any sports game this year. I got MLB The Show from Game Pass, and then I did not buy Madden, I did not buy 2K, I did not buy FIFA, and there are some times where I would buy all three of those and play all three, but lately I have been getting fatigued from them just repeating the same process over and over again, so yeah, I think the majority of my, that, that pie chart of sports game went into MLB The Show. Nice. And just looking at the few snippets of games they've showed you played yeah it's a very varied uh collection of games like you really jump from genre to genre and try a little bit of, yeah a little bit of everything yeah i mean i went from you know the the tomb raider definitive edition that i just i just finished recently that you have talked about on the pod i i you you hyped it up and it did not disappoint i've went back and played master chief collection because obviously i'm a big halo fan Played some Texas Chainsaw Massacre with my friends as like a uh, Dead by Daylight style uh, co or uh, three verse one type game, four verse one. And then of course my JRPGs of Chain Echoes, Nino Cooney, uh, Yakuza Four right there you can see or five. And then uh, we've talked about Hogwarts Legacy as well as a popular one. So yeah, I mean if it if that thing kept going though, you it was just a, a variety of games. I I like to spread it out and do different different genres different uh different properties just different everything i like i like to just see it all as much as i can so this says your top gameplay month was april do you have an idea why that was was there a specific game that came out that month i think that's when mlb the show came out to be uh, honest with you <laughs> <laughs> that's the game man apparently if that's if that's 32 percent of your play time and it came out that month that makes sense yep all right, so switching over to the next screenshot, this is interesting to me. 
Here's how you stack up with other players. Mitch, go ahead. Go ahead and let them know how you yeah. compare to every other Xbox player. Yeah, uh, so the hours portion, I don't think I can defend myself on this portion, though. I am in the top 5% for hours played on the Xbox. I am in the top 5% for gamer score. For people that don't know, you can get gamer score by doing things within the games that you play. And then I'm in the top 5% of players in Achievements Unlocked. And that is essentially you get gamer score from the Achievements Unlocked, but they all have different uh, amounts that you get depending on the achievement. Yeah, let's, let's really drive this home yeah. to everybody listening. You've played more hours, have a higher score, and unlocked more achievements than 95% of Xbox players. Period. I feel like they need to send me some sort of medal or yeah. like, uh, trophy or anything like a gift card. Like, come on, I am, I am the epitome of an Xbox fanboy. Apparently, yes, you so. are literally their their best customer. Their yeah, dude, you are the exactly their demograph for Xbox. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd even take like something. Like that, maybe you see my Mitch the Peach logo here that my brother graciously created for me. Uh, like maybe even like a cool like gold border around that that yeah. nobody else has. Like just some, even if it's just something subtle. Like I just want people to know that you know I'm doing work out here. <laughs> Seriously. All right. So then it also breaks down some stats game by game. Of course. Right back to MLB the Show. MLB the Show 23. You are yep. in the top five percent of most active players on this game and you have a total time played so far for the year 2023 of 316 hours and you have a gamer score you have unlocked a or received a gamer score of 850 from this game out of a possible 1000 and you've gotten 21 out of a possible 25 achievements I think so, the most impressive woo. portion I, I grinded for this uh, this rare achievement. It shows at the bottom only one point six seven percent players have unlocked that achievement. Yeah. Wow. All right. Next up is Starfield. Total time played seventy four hours. When we were talking about Starfield, you gave the impression that you were just casually playing this game. Like I thought maybe you sunk fifteen twenty hours in it. Dude, I was shocked to see this when I saw this. I didn't. I, I, the time just went by. I guess I don't. I don't remember putting this many hours into it. Yeah, you are in the top twenty percent of most active players on Starfield. So you're a serious Starfield player. And the thing is, like, I like Starfield. Don't get me wrong. I've talked about my affinity toward it and how, how much I think. While people are hating on it, I enjoyed my time with it. But I didn't think I enjoyed it this much. Where I put this much time into it. So. I mean, I guess props to Bethesda for for just, you know, creating a time suck where I can just <laughs> I, I, I lose track as I'm going through space here. So the third one that they've highlighted is Chained Echoes, which you talked about on a previous episode. You have a total time played of 67 hours and you are again in the top 5% of most active players for this game. In this one, I, I want everybody to play Chained Echoes because it is so freaking good. It is a classic jrpg with classic jrpg elements but they also put their own cool spin on it the art style is amazing i will hype this game up till the end of time it was fantastic it is falling off game pass 
at the end of the month, unfortunately, but I'm glad I got to it before uh, before it fell off. Nice. Well, great year in review on your Xbox. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about your immense achievements when it comes to being an Xbox player? I, I also play on my PC quite a bit, so that's a problem that uh, I... I, I think I have way too much time on my hands, but yes, I that, always justify it by saying I'm doing it for the pod. So, yes, you know. absolutely. So that means, yes, this total time of 1,037 hours is not everything. Because like you said, you're also playing PC games too, which is not included in this, this hours. Dang. That's why I'm, I am single. I live with my cat. I have no responsibilities. I, it's a chill life, hey, man. It's a chill life. Hey, it's a chill life. It's a good life. Indeed. All right, man. That should do it. We, we didn't have any other topics I forgot about, did we? Okay, good. Nope, that was it. We got it all in this episode then. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You can find all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Where else can we be, where else can we be found? Mitch. <laughs> Our Twitter is at Hills or Silence. Instagram is Instagram backslash Hills or Silence. Our TikTok is at the Hills or Silent Podcast. And our YouTube again is at the Hills or Silence. Questions, comments, anything at all, email inbox, hillsorsilent at gmail.com. You can catch us on the next episode.